This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, whatever it happens to be uh, when you are listening to us, dear listener. This is another thrilling, fun-filled episode of the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 70, seven zero. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me, as always, is my fun-filled and exciting co-host, Adam Bell. <laughs> Hey Peter, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I, you know, I was actually thinking today. You know, it'd be awesome if we got somebody who could talk like uh, what's his name, Ted Knight, for the Hall of Justice intro today on blurring the lines. <laughs> yeah. Tune fun. in next week. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Nashville, Adam <laughs> Bell is brewing beer. Yeah, yeah, that's it's gonna be awesome, Peter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be great. We just Me need to get well. Frank Caliendo get him to do it. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, recognize, <laughs> you recognize my impersonation of someone doing an impersonation. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. well, Aquaman's making a sandwich because he can't do bleep. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yep. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, what's going on on your end? Oh, from my end, I am. I'm enjoying a little bit of sunny weather today. And um, and I've been healthy. My wife's been sick. You know, she didn't really have like the flu. She just kind of had the crud. And and then you had you were sick. Did you have like the full blown flu or just crud? I just had a bad cold, mm-hmm. and um, I also. Uh, but my girlfriend came down with the flu. Oh, so yeah. Just as I was getting over it and coming back to town, because I was gone in New Hampshire for. Most of uh, two two weeks ago, two weeks ago I was gone, um, New Hampshire, and three weeks ago yoga training. Then I was in New Hampshire. Then I was sick. Then I had more yoga training, and then I got back, and my girlfriend had the flu. So uh, <laughs> Tuesday night I got back, and I had uh, bought my tickets to see more of my ticket. I was going to go by myself to see Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And um, I messaged her as I got out of my last day of uh, my uh, my most recent yoga training, and just said, "Hey, um, you know, how you doing? Do you need anything?" And fortunately, she you know saw my message and got back to me and asked me, "Yeah, can you pick up my daughter at daycare? And maybe you could come here and bring me some ibuprofen or something." I was like, "All right." Cancel the tickets to Black Panther, mm-hmm. <laughs> which still haven't seen, which I hope to see tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I, got, I bought two tickets tomorrow. So, you know, because she asked if, you know, uh, if if I wanted to see it with her. And I'm like, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I want to see it. And if you want to come along, too, that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then um, but but she's still recovering from the flu and she's got her MBA classes all this weekend. So I have a feeling I'm going to cancel and rebuy a single ticket tomorrow late afternoon. But I'm my fingers are crossed. Well, cool. 
Cool. Well, I've been fortunate. I haven't I haven't been sick, and uh, I'm going to try to try to maintain that streak. I'd, I'd actually like to go the rest of my life on that streak. You know, yeah, good, if, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, given a, I mean, if you if you I mean, if you, how many when's the next time you want to get sick? Uh, uh, never would be great. I mean, yep. if if yep. that's a if that's an option, I, I want to choose that option. Yep, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So so yeah, but um, it's been it's been busy here. Uh, you know, there's work's been busy, life's been busy, and uh, as of last night at eight eight p.m., we found out what the CrossFit Open workout was for week one. And 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 I participated today, and because I wasn't sick, and I've been you know t- doing better in my health and fitness in general, I I did pretty good. It was a good. yeah. It was a really solid. Well, it wasn't as now. It wasn't as bad a workout as I was expecting because they they they're often pretty horrifying when you see them. Uh, the workout was a uh, eight toes to bar. You know, hanging from the bar, pull your toes up, kick the bar, and then um, ten snatch dumbbell overhead, fifty pounds. Five, five on each arm, five on the other arm, and then 14 calories of rows. And you had to do as many reps of that in 20 minutes. Hmm. And so my goal was, I was like, okay, I want to get five rounds because that is roughly one minute for each round. I'm like, mm-hmm. that, that'll give me plenty of rest. I'll 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 do that. And I was like, it'll it'll be a good set for me. I know how I do this. You know, this will be good. I got seven rounds plus ten. Mm. I got two more rounds than I thought I was going to get. So that's impressive. Yeah, RX. You know, as of this morning, you know, of course, the rest of the half a million athletes haven't done their <laughs> their workout yet. But I was pleased. I was I was like seven hundred ranked in overall men this morning but uh, as the workouts come in throughout the day i will i will gain in number (laughs) (laughs) that number will go up that number will go up i i don't expect to add just one zero i expect to add a couple zeros (laughs) that's impressive (laughs) well they said there are close to fifty thousand or five hundred thousand athletes around the world that that are registered that will register on the open which is it's open now and are participating and that doesn't include so like last year i did it i didn't even register so there are there are a lot of people out there that are like well i'm not good enough to register or i really don't really i don't really want to know where i rank up compared to the rest of the world <laughs> 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 yeah, some some people are like that. They're like, you know, I'd rather not know. Yeah, so I I actually wasn't going to register, but one of the new guy there's a new guy in our class named Philip, and he's like, yeah, man, you need to register because you you just find out where you stand up next to everybody. It's kind of cool. I'm like, 
yeah but I know where I've got a good idea where I'm going to register in this list <laughs> low. Low, low low and and it's not golf low is not better uh, well, so, no, high, 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 high yeah yeah so they but I, I was like you know what I will I'll just do it you know because things that are quantified are improved so if well, I gets measured gets managed mm-hmm so I, I did it and I, I'm actually pleased with my workout and and it didn't kill me now i like i was impressed i got 234 reps uh on the leaderboard there were people that were having like 400 some odd reps i'm like that is insane <laughs> how fast they must be moving <laughs> wow <laughs> i uh, or cheating uh i don't know <laughs> well they they can't well they can cheat. I was going to say they can't cheat. They can't cheat because they are judged. You have somebody who is signing off and saying that they watched you do it and they judged you. And so if somebody does cheat and they, because the, the open right now is what qualifies you to go to regionals. Okay. And, and then you go to regionals and then you do it with a, a judge who has been certified. So if you lied your way into the regionals, mm-hmm. you're going to have to, you know, bribe a judge at regionals that's going to, you know, not disqualify you. And then you're going to have to go on TV where everybody's watching you. <laughs> or, I was going to say, there will be a reckoning. Yes. Yes, there will be. So, you could lie about it now, but it will not go well for you. <laughs> well, physically speaking, I've been rather inactive over the last few weeks. Again, you know, at the end of January, first week of February, I had yoga, uh, yin yoga training foundations. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about before, yin is not at all a cardio workout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was doing good things for my body, but I wasn't, you know, my heart rate was rarely over 90 beats per minute Mm -hmm. and um so that wasn't uh you know that wasn't very straining and then uh you know as a way at work for uh, in in uh, new hampshire for for a few days so no krav maga there nothing really you know and the weather was crappy so not like i would go outside for a run or anything Mm -hmm. and then i got home and got sick which that you know curtails a lot of activity so no krav maga no jujitsu and then hey more days of yin training but even more so this was like yin and meditation Oh, so you, even more static than <laughs> than the last round. And so I was like, "Yeah, I'm. Uh, I gotta watch what I eat because this could be dangerous real quick." In, so. your, in your pigeon pose, your belly's touching the ground, not because of your flexibility. Right, you're a high pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's supposed to do that. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, so. But but it's been fun. It was. Um, I'm really enjoying the training. I'm looking forward to uh, for, to doing more but I'm also looking forward to getting back to jujitsu tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, maybe an active uh, yoga class around noon and then I've got a massage lined up in the afternoon and then if all goes well then um, you know maybe uh, maybe Black Panther in the evening who knows nice so when do you finish your your yin training um, well I'll, um, probably the next time you get sick 
<laughs> Ideally. <laughs> well, I mean, what I mean, ever. I, mean, I don't mean like doing the practice, but I mean you're you're practicing right. to be an instructor, right? Correct. So okay. I mean, I mean teacher training. So um, there are a number of certifications in yoga. Uh, I mean, you know, old school way, it was like an apprenticeship thing. You went to class, you attended for a long time, you were asked to be a substitute, you substituted for a little while, you did that, and then you became a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like 20 years ago, as yoga started to explode, uh, they some you know people decided for better or worse that they needed some way to certify people. So they came up with these training programs, and I won't go into details on that right now and what that has meant. But uh, essentially, there's something called the Yoga Alliance, and we talked with Jenna Palm about this when we interviewed her. Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, the Yoga Alliance recognizes a bunch of different certifications or a bunch of different training programs. And they have a number of different uh, certifications. So the entry level, the lowest level, the uh, the A-plus certification, if you would, mm -hmm. you know, to put in something you can relate to there, <laughs> yeah. um, is uh, like it's called the uh, RYT 200. I think it's either registered yoga teacher or registered yoga trainer, you know, mm -hmm. 200 hours. And it basically just means you've gone through 200 hours of training. Whew, that's uh, a lot. Yeah, well, I've, uh, I've done 100. So well, I'm, half, I'm halfway there. And, uh, you know, it includes in-person stuff. It includes self-study. Um, and then on top of that, there's the E-R-Y-T, which uh, in addition to the training, you've also taught a number of classes and you're certified as having, you know, okay, now you've been teaching. Um, and then there's a 300-hour certification and a 500-hour certification. And then on top of that, there are... Um, there are breakoffs where uh, you specialize in things like maybe prenatal instruction and mm -hmm. other specialized stuff. So right now, I'm just, you know, again, this is mostly for myself, for my self-fulfillment and stuff. But if I, you know, if I could be a sub every now and then for, you know, one of the studios where I practice in, and I'd be happy to help out once in a while, you mm -hmm. know. This isn't like my next business model or something like that. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it, it, I, I like accumulating certifications and knowledge more, more than anything. So I was looking it up. It is 91 hours to get your 91 and a half hours to get your private pilot flight training course. And you're going to have 200 hours in training as a yoga instructor. So you ought to be very qualified. <laughs> well, you know, we do cover poses like pigeon, eagle, crane, crow, swan. So it's good that people, you know, you, you want to make sure that if you're going to be flying with your yoga instructor that they <laughs> yeah. have the appropriate level of training. Well, it, you know, there is an art to coaching. Uh, I mean, as far as like coaching physical training classes like this, uh, yoga, even in CrossFit, any exercises, because I will I will look at somebody working out and they'll say, well, how was my posture on this? And I'll say, I look fine. And, you know, the coach standing right beside me said, well, your back was a little rounded, you know, mm -hmm. and. So you have to develop an eye for people doing it right. And I get, you know, it's easy to watch somebody do it right. And you feel like you're doing it right. But then yeah. you're like, oh, no, you're not. 
but for me i have a harder time knowing if i'm doing something right mm-hmm. you know for me it's uh, I, I can't tell i i don't know i i'd like to think that i have pretty good body awareness but i can still sometimes be off by several degrees from what the teacher is recommending and just not really know so again that's another reason that i like to you know teach with a with an instructor rather than just videos mm-hmm. because I really appreciate that feedback that I can get. Well, and that is one thing I miss about Globo Gym is that I had a mirror that I could work out in. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do that at CrossFit. It's way too active. There's plates yeah. flying around. You're doing handstand, <laughs> you know, all, wall, it comes to handstand pushups. Everybody's up against the wall, you know, feet up. You, you can't do that with mirrors around, but. Flying plates. <laughs> yeah, flying plates. So Watch those flying plates. <laughs> so, well, cool. So I, th- I think that's all I've got on like CrossFit and activities and, you know, I've, I've got some beer updates. I think you have some beer updates. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of February, you might not remember, but I was going to make maple syrup that weekend. I was going to give you an I update. Do. On yeah. So, I mean, you're closer to the maple syrup industry than I am, but uh, we have <laughs> we have a lot of sweet maples down here. And, you know, the hard part is our maple season mm-hmm. is almost two weeks i mean that's it that's all we get um i don't know what your season is up there but i have to think it's more than two weeks it's longer but not by much i mean Mm -hmm. it's a it's a short window yeah it's got so the the key is that it's got to be below freezing at night yep and then it's got to be above freezing during the day Mm-hmm. And and it's got to be after a cold snap. So it's got to be, you know, it's it's got to simulate that tree trying to think, well, it's time to wake up. It's time to yep. get the sap moving. It's time to get ready for spring. Uh, so it's got to be after a long cold snap. So we went and we um, friends of ours, uh, her her parents have a farm and they, they're actually the fifth generation to, no, no, they're not the fifth. They're the third generation on that farm, wow. um, which is really a long time. I mean, they've had it over a hundred years um, and they've been doing maple syrup from that farm at that whole, that whole time. Uh, but it was really interesting. Learned how to tap the trees and tapping the trees was significantly easy i mean you you drill a hole at the right angle and then you put you know i was imagining a metal spile or spiel that you've got to put in there and uh, no it's a little plastic tube these days you know (laughs) so you things have changed a little bit uh, uh, from the days when you tapped buckets and then went and hauled them out by hand you know out of the woods mm mm-hmm so it you know and it, it's really fast so like you drill the hole and you put the uh the rubber tube up against it and that tree starts dripping right away um it, but we didn't we didn't get enough syrup from the night before for for me to experience boiling the the sap off into actual syrup but he was able to boil uh 40 some odd gallons the day before and so he he had already made some syrup from the day before so we got to see the final product and 
It, it is really and remind us and and remind us how many out of out of those 40 <laughs> boiled gallons of sap how many uh, gallons of syrup were resulting well it takes 48 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup <laughs> uh-huh yeah so it, it's not a hobby that you do to save money or time going to Kroger and plopping down two dollars for a a thing of syrup that that will probably last you for if depending on how much you eat pancakes a bottle of syrup <laughs> might last us for a year you know <laughs> yeah i was gonna say no there are uh, there are better ways but if you on the other hand want to be in the uh, business of making money mm-hmm. um i don't know what what are prices of maple syrup going for down there in your way these days i actually don't know what stuff fresh, is not cheap yeah it's not cheap for fresh maple syrup uh so what and what they or so what he made he put them in mason jars and then he actually canned them mm-hmm. uh so that so that it would be sealed and you know the sugars in there protected a lot the thing that i noticed was that well there's like a floaty film down in the bottom of the syrup and he said you can filter that out said but it has no it has no texture and it Mm. has no flavoring so it doesn't it doesn't affect the syrup but it affects the way people think about syrup because they're like well the clean the clean parts is the top where it's crystal clear we're at the bottom part so you can filter it out so it's perfectly clear but that's a lot of that's a lot of syrup that you lose and if you're if you're aware of it you're like well that doesn't bother me of course my wife was like I don't. I, <laughs> I don't. Uh, how do you get that stuff out of the bottom? I'm like, well, you don't get it out of the bottom because you, you you just eat it. It it's it's tasty. It's fine. It's not. It, there's no mouthfeel. It. Well, how do you get that stuff out of the bottom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just don't don't get all the way to the bottom. I don't think you understand the question I'm asking. <laughs> uh, but the the consistency was uh, thinner than mm-hmm. commercial syrup uh okay. the 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 sugar content to me tasted the same but it poured th- a lot thinner so like i took a spoon and moved it from the jar onto the pancakes that i made i'm gonna have to make pancakes now after for lunch after talking about this um and i won't feel bad because i burned a lot of carbs this morning <laughs> but it was really thin uh, but the sweetness was the same, and and I mentioned to uh, the woman whose dad, our, our friend Laura, I mentioned to her. I said, well, I think what I'll do is I'll boil mine a little bit longer so it'll be a little bit thicker. And she said, well, you actually can't uh, because it'll turn into a sugar cube because you you got to measure it with the hydrometer. So now you can use your hydrometer for beer and you can use it for. Um, syrup making so (laughs) you got another use for your hydrometer uh you measure the content uh, but you can't get below too far or it'll turn into a sugar block in your boiling thing so you don't your boiling pan so you don't want that so what i've got to research is how do commercial syrup makers make it thicker because i would like the consistency to be a little bit thicker so I gotta figure that one out. So you know, just boil it longer. Well, that's why I said you can't just boil it longer. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> I know. Yeah, 
<laughs> just, <laughs> just 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 throw that maple syrup right back on the pot and crank up the heat. <laughs> no, you, no, 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 not gonna happen. No. Have you ever blackened a pan with uh, yeah. fudge? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that will make it thicker. <laughs> yeah, we we now chunk you know we have to sandblast it off of the pan that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the uh, thickness you were going for <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so do you want to talk about uh beer a little bit yeah so you may recall in late december i started a nut brown ale mm-hmm. and this time around i uh, decided i was going to use some actual recommended priming sugar um, because again, I've been following the Mr. Beer, um, the Mr. Beer recommendations, just doing what they say, which really is, you know, rule of thumb, eyeball, just kind of go with it and see what happens kind of, you know, stuff. And, uh, not a lot on uh, exactly specific follow these instructions to the letter stuff. Mm-hmm. So as time has gone by through my chats with you, I start to gain a little more um, insight into things and you know, saying like, oh, you could actually use a hydrometer to take some measurements and make sure this is happening. Or uh, rather than what you know, Mr. Beer says, oh, just use table sugar and just spoon it into each bottle as you're bottling it. Uh, you can say, well, no, use special priming sugar and don't just spoon it into the bottles, but boil it first to make sure that there's no, uh, you know, that it's been disinfected, which is kind of curious that they leave that step out because they leave, they make you do so much more disinfecting in other parts of the process to like mm-hmm. skip that part. It's a little like you're missing, you know, there's a <laughs> the doorway is open for calamity right there. Mm-hmm. So um, as I'm, you know, re- re- closing in on uh, becoming a uh, competent brewer, um, you know, hopefully, maybe someday, <laughs> um, I'm refining the process. And so the nut brown ale, again, I told you this time around had a, and again, hard to describe, you know, just like it just didn't taste right. It like when I sampled it before bottling it, that is, um, it just tasted, it had this same quality and again i've described it as like syrupy but maybe that's not even maybe like medicine-y type mm-hmm. flavor to it um which other batches that i have made had after bottling so something was not right you know obviously something was messed up in the uh in the process and um so i wanted to avoid that so that's what i'm trying to do now this time we you know agreed your your recommendation was that maybe it uh all the yeast didn't do all of its work and eat all the sugar and the only difference that you know the only significant difference that i had that i had come up with after thinking about it was i was doing these batches at my new location and it's colder Mm-hmm. here right so if it's colder the beer the yeast doesn't uh, activate as much and probably doesn't do its job and furthermore um the mr beer instructions are just you take the yeast and you sprinkle it into the keg when you're ready to go and adam's instructions are no you you boil some water and then you get it down to warm and then you put the yeast in and give it a little boiled water with some sugar to feed the yeast and then you pour that yeast mixture into the keg so that's what i'm trying today Mm -hmm. this is a 
This is a batch that's uh, been going on now for almost two months, um, and it's still in the keg. So <laughs> I'm really hopeful that this one is not only not going to suck, but I hope that this will get back to being excellent again. <laughs> so yeah. um, moved it from my basement, which I thought, you know, I, th- I thought in the summertime might have been appropriate temperature, but now uh, in hindsight, it's actually a little cool. Um, so I moved it up into my kitchen and then I had it in my kitchen cabinets, which again, since they're, uh, touching like external walls and we had these cold snaps, they're a little cool. So now it's sitting on my kitchen counter mm-hmm. and it's been there for a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping to, uh, you know, stabilize that temperature and, uh, get this batch bottled in a, you know, another, uh, week or two, two weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll try it again from there and see how my, uh, first attempt at a. A nut brown ale. Oh no, second attempt at a nut brown ale. I made. I tried another one of those uh, several months ago, and it exploded. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> every you know, there's, it's it's been it's been hit or miss. My, you know, my first few batches, I had a lot of hits, and then ever since then, it's been a lot of misses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, just so you know, I I'm gonna share with you the story of of my chocolate porter explosion. let's hear it so i got a kit for christmas um i won't i won't name the or the distributor because i'm going to complain a little bit um but it was a a recipe and it was a i sent you a picture and it's got tons of ingredients Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's a really heavy imperial porter um Mm -hmm. and it's it was called chocolate covered beaver nuts was the name of the recipe that one yeah that one so but it arrived and on beer brewing day i'm i'm getting everything together i've i've put my you know starter yeast going i'm getting ready to you know do the whole thing i've got the and and i did not read the recipe in its entirety where it states you know this kit doesn't have peanut butter chips which are part of the recipe they're not included why would you sell me a recipe that doesn't include all of the ingredients for the recipe (laughs) so yeah i've I've run into that before (laughs) no these are things you can pick up anywhere you know well it does i can't do it now i've got water on the stove i've got i've got <laughs> i've got yeast in the cup going here I, you know i mean shame I on me you, i gotta tell you that sounds kind of like something i would do yeah so it's like shame on me yeah i should have read the instructions in its entirety i i get that but it's like i assumed that i had everything and there's so many ingredients in the kit you know and this isn't even like this is like a a later step that you need it so that's shame on Mm -hmm. me so i'm like well i'm not going to call it the name of the recipe i'm going to just call it a a chocolate porter since it's you know not the recipe anymore so i i did it and i followed the instructions so at the end it said to put you know put the cool water in there to bring it up to five and a half gallons rather than five gallons okay and i was like uh i don't normally do it that way because that's a lot of extra fluid in the bucket and it might it it might fill up the airlock and pop the top so i was like well 
I'll follow the instructions because they seem to, I mean, they said them, so they've probably done it before. I mean, so you would hope they've done it before. So, and they didn't say use a special bucket or a larger bucket or anything. So I did it and I got up in the morning and came downstairs and I'm like, I smell beer. (laughs) it had not i was gonna say i was gonna say never a good sign that's not true it's not never a good sign but if you weren't expecting to spell smell beer (laughs) so so the top had come off and i had put together a very viable uh starter yeast because uh, I had sent you pictures, I mean, and it was... Yeah, it, I remember. It, that thing was it like Yeah, it was like a root beer float. So that yeast was very active. It blew the top off. And fortunately, I put my primary fermenter under a shelf. I slide it under a shelf. So it blew the top off, and it blew stuff all under the shelf and everything. And, and I, I was going to take pictures, but because it's a chocolate porter with all this chocolate stuff, in it it looked a lot like diarrhea and i was like that's just not (laughs) that's not something i want to take a picture of and send it to peter (laughs) it's very unappetizing Uh, thanks adam what are you doing exactly yeah Mm -hmm. why did you do that in your beer bucket that's awful (laughs) so so gross adam (laughs) so what what actually happened was the sediment with the hops and everything uh, becomes so active that it pushes that sediment up through the airlock and clogs it up and it clogs it and then it, and then of course blows the top off so i i cleaned it up and put the top back on cleaned the airlock pulled everything and put it back under there and by the afternoon it blew the top off again so i didn't put the top i cleaned it all up again with lots of kind words about the recipe and the beer bucket and (laughs) blessing it and saying how nice it was and uh cleaned up the sticky residue off the floor and put i didn't put the top all the way back on it but by then the majority of the fermentation you know that very vicious fermentation (laughs) was 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 completed and i gave it you know to the next morning and then i was able to seal the top on and and then i moved it over to the secondary so it's sitting in secondary so tomorrow i've got to move it over to a tertiary fermentation so i'll move it over to one more uh, glass carboy so it's been in there for two weeks i'll do a third one for another two weeks and then i'll bottle it and then it's supposed to be good within three months so if it makes you feel any better it happens to the best of us (laughs) it does make me feel a little better (laughs) yeah Yeah, I, i won't do what i know that i shouldn't do it's like well i i either needed you know when they said make it five and a half gallons i sh- i have a uh, six and a half gallon glass carboy yeah. and it's not one of those big wide mouths it's one of the old glass carboys with the the you know traditional i don't know what size one inch or three quarters of an inch whatever that that opening is you get a bottle brush in there so it's it's a pain to clean out for a primary fermentation Mm -hmm. so i didn't 
I didn't use that, but I think if I ever read if I read the recipe ahead of time and see that it requires six and a half gallons and there are pieces missing, then I might need to get one of those primary glass carboys with the wide mouth so I can easily clean it. Because I do like watching it through the glass carboy. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's fascinating to see something looks like it's boiling but yeah. cold. Yes, cold <laughs> boil. It's like cold fusion. Yeah. It, just like cold fusion I, just like cold fusion <laughs> so so but i'm looking forward to drinking my chocolate cherry exploding porter in uh another two months i hope that you don't explode when you do <laughs> me too me too so. so we need to move along mm-hmm. but um for our next segment i understand you have something nifty to tell us about i do have a nifty <clears throat> there's a so cybersecurity is is you know of course that's our lifeblood that that is literally your you know primary job these days as the security officer and mm-hmm. my company has transformed from a break fix clients to security i mean mm-hmm. we've we've got to provide support but our first job is security well multi-factor authentication plays big into that and right now a lot of people use um sms the texting so mm-hmm. if you if you want to protect your email you turn on two-factor authentication you set up the texting texting to your phone voila you're all good voila well <clears throat> that is cool as long as you've got access to your phone and as long as every single application that you use and want to authenticate with will also use SMS for authentication. Not all of them will. Like, mm-hmm. go- I mean, Google will, or you can use Google Authenticator. You got all these flavors. Well, I found a product that's actually been out there. I don't know how I hadn't come across it. Duo. And Duo will <laughs> aggregate all of these different providers and they've got a huge list of providers like i said i don't know how i didn't know about them i mean Mm -hmm. office 365 google dropbox you know windows rdp uh, vpn connections all these other things will authenticate with duo and it's really slick because i install the app on my phone I do the authentication method of, you know, taking a picture of the QR code when I'm signing up for the, the thing. And I can then authenticate all of my apps that they support through the single, the single login. Yep. And, and it's really slick, too, because you can, you can do the SMS if, if you want to do that route. Or you, you go log into an app and it, it, it prompts back and says you need to authenticate to log into this app when you open it up and you can say through duo you've got the choice of um, push or the sms and there's one other option i don't re- i don't know what the other option is right now because it's so new to me uh, but you press the you know authenticate with duo and on your phone it pops up and says do you want to allow this app red checkbox or or yep. green checkbox or red X and you green yep. green check it, boom, immediately you're in. Like, so we should probably step back just a little bit just in case some of our less technical users aren't exactly familiar with what 
what two-factor authentication means mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, and I know we've talked about it in the past, but essentially we're talking about something that when you go to log into, say, Gmail, uh, you're usually asked for, in addition to your account name, which would be, say, your email address, you're asked for something like a password. And a password is, well, I was going to say a password is great, but that's debatable. <laughs> uh, a password is one factor of proving you are who you are and that you have access to this uh, website. But another factor might be, say, something that you, so that's something you know, right? Um, it could be something like something you are, could be biometrics, like a fingerprint or a retinal scan or a voice print. It could be something you have, which is like a token, like one of those little RSA tokens of some sort, or a file that has a specific hash, you know, hash uh, checksum. Uh, it could be some place you are, like you must be in this geographic location or on this network or on this computer to access something. Uh, but what you're talking about with the with the duo, it's a token. It's something you have. So it's a second factor. It's not just a password that you know, but it's also a token, you know, and, and possibly a pin that you have. And um, NIST, uh, was a year or two ago, I think, recommended against using SMS for this purpose mm-hmm. and um, it, because it's too easily spoofed. And um, so something like a, you know, authenticator is right now <coughs> one of the best things we've got going uh, as far as password replacements go. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, I just didn't want to get too far just in case anybody was like, what's this two-factor thing? Yeah. Blank. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. another, so one really cool thing for me as a system administrator is, you know, if, if I mean, if I encourage my clients to have two-factor authentication, then they turn it on. Now, I cannot help them by logging into their system as them if I need to do that. So mm. if you were my client and I had you in the Duo system and I'm a system administrator over the Duo account because I set this up for your company, I can now, you tell me your password, now I can authenticate as you using the token because I'm a valid token user for your account where Mm -hmm. with the cell phone or other authenticators I can't do that so you say hey man I'm having problems with this personal or this folder in office 365 okay I'm gonna log in and monitor it and see what it is well now I can do that without Mm -hmm compromising your security because in the past what I'd have to do I was like okay well Peter I'm gonna turn off your two-factor authentication so I can actually get logged in as you right and do my work and you know what if this troubleshooting process lasts a week well you've been unprotected for a week with the extra layer and then oh by the way both of us forgot that you needed to turn that back on and a Uh month later you get hacked Oh, that know, never happens. That, that never happens. But, you know, theoretically speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much better to go through proper channels and stuff. Because that's what, what you just described is the equivalent of you just give me, just give me your password. I'll just log in as you for a second. It's fine. And then, nah, I'm not going to bother changing it. Because Adam wouldn't abuse my password. And I don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. Or I'm going to change your password to something I can remember real easily. Like, I don't know, password. And just remember mm-hmm. to change that later. Uh, oh, sure. You, you never got around to changing that? 
What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm trying to be more compassionate and less cynical, um, you know, part of the whole yoga training thing and stuff. But I'm, I'm still realizing that, in general, people are pretty stupid and... I have a hard time saying that's not a bad thing, but it's just the way it, that we are. We we tend to be dumb and we tend to be lazy, and we will take the path of re- least resistance whenever given that option. In you know, in general. So yeah, we're not going to change passwords if we don't have to. Yeah, I I mean I don't I don't think stupid, but I do think that in general people you have are, clients, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I definitely agree. With with lazy, um, and and you know I don't. Our, our laziness results in doing things, in, in taking actions or inactions that, in hindsight, can appear pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might <laughs> might appear to be stupid. Well, I should have known better, or I should have done that. I knew better. Yeah. You know. Well, and I, and I don't know if it's just you know cultural in the the way you know because it's kind of a. I don't know. I guess it's societal or cult. It's definitely U.S. culture. You know, everybody has a way that they do things, and this is this is one of our ways we do things: good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, I need to bail because I have another uh, phone call I need to take, and okay. I'm giving a reference call to another prospect for uh, one of our vendors and uh, the the company, and the it's called Exabeam, mm-hmm. and it's a it's our user behavior analytics package that we're uh, presently using at the hospital, and uh, it's pretty slick, pretty slick. It's uh, got because uh, you had talked about the last time we were talking about Alien Vault and log analytics. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's similar, but it uh, builds on, of course, you know, catching on the buzz phrase, artificial intelligence, machine <laughs> learning, and um, interprets that, uh, interprets these results uh, into meaningful alerts. So you're not just getting bombarded with like, yeah, there are 50,000 failed logins. Have fun investigating that. Uh, it's more like, yeah, you had 50,000 failed logins, but um, these are the ones that actually look like they could lead to something suspicious. So investigate these two. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting. So I need to give a reference call to a prospect, and that call is in two minutes. So on that note, I'm going to hand over closing the show to you. All right. I will take care of it. Uh, listener, we thank you for joining us today. We do want your feedback. If you would like to discuss anything in particular, drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com, and we will uh, certainly talk about it. And I think Absolutely. it's <laughs> now it's time to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.